Yo, 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 whether you're wearing pants or not, welcome to No Pants Required. I'm your host, X3C, and thanks for joining. Today's episode, Dividends, No Chasers. But before we dive into that, let's dive into the quickie. Wokus versus cancel culture. I think it's a battle going on in America that mostly deal with folks who are trying to one-up the next. There's a wokest or woke culture out there, and then there is a council culture out there. I, I don't know the difference, to be honest with you. I think it's it's a little too much, in my opinion. Um, and some folks may not like what I'm saying, but you know, ultimately, I think we all want equality, or we all want like to be heard. But yet, we have to feel we have to tear down another side in order for us to get what we air quote deserve. And that's why I think the wokest versus counter culture, counseled culture, in my opinion, is an issue. I think we, we, go, we go too far left or right, if you will, if you follow that political analogy. Um, I won't dive too deep into it, but I can tell you, I hear folks tell you know, say things and I'm like, damn, sound like a woke person right and i'm not trying to say there's a problem with that i'm not but maybe i am i don't give a shit what people think whatever and then there's a council culture out there right every time someone does something they get canceled or their music get canceled or their movies get canceled look people can make mistakes and have they should have the space to make those mistakes and apologize sincerely if they made those mistakes right and they wanted to overcome granted there are some folks who kind of sort of a little bit ignorant. I'm not going to hip hop on Kyrie Irving, but I can say the guy is notorious for saying things that's a little bit outlandish, right? He he kind of followed YouTubers and then he repeat that stuff. And then he think this it becomes like factual information. Yeah, I mean he said the world was flat. He point. did say the world was flat. And then he mentioned that he, he he watched the video on YouTube. It's like, dude, like, so all of the text, all of science, all of history is all, in his, I guess, opinion, relegated to, like, he just pretty much ignored it. But this one video becomes the historical, factual evidence that the Earth is flat. I'm like, this guy, he's, and he said a many different things. Hey, man, he's, he's an intelligent dude, though. I mean, he, he went to UNC Chapel Hill, so. It's no, like that. he went to Duke. He went to Duke. He went to Duke yeah, one year. I follow the guy. I do. I, I, I don't necessarily, I'm not here to, sh- here's the deal. I'm not here to cancel, you know, Kyrie. Go. I'm not here to do that. I'm just saying, you're right. The guy is very smart. But I feel like he he's in this this and i have some friends who are also like this they're in this position where they're really they think there's a lot of there's a lot of conspiracies going on and i'm like dude relax the world is not out to get you most people don't give a shit of who you are they're wearing that temple they gotta just you're not that important i mean just let the shit go to be honest with you you're not folks really don't care about you but you think the world revolves around you and i think that it's kind of sort of how Kyrie and his crew, and I'm not, I'm not hey, this this quickie is not about Kyrie. It's really about 
the woke culture versus the council council culture and how people are going back and forth. Can't wait to talk about it. No, I don't want to talk about it. Right. But I can tell you guys this. It's a mess. And if you're on one of those sides, don't at me because I don't really care. But I can tell you this. I'm in the middle. Like, I don't really care neither way, right? I'm, I'm, I'm an individual who understand history and understand like your position but i'm not here to like look to point fingers at one or use another side to make me or build up my argument i I never do that like i'm never a person to say i'm better than you or i'm doing this because you are not that great i think this is like the perfect time to have a very neutral kind of standpoint on any single cause just because you gotta obviously see both both sides I think the problem we have now is people get so in, entrenched to their like beliefs yep. that they're not even listening to the other person. Just like, all right. Or even having a conversation with the other people. They're not listening. They're like, they're right. Just one, they're just there to argue. Like, I love it. I'll, I'll go to people and have conversations because it's fun. I learn a lot of things. And I ask my friends all the time, are you challenging yourself? Are you involved in other situations where you can hear things? So... Not to harp on it, but I definitely wanted to cover the woke versus cancel culture at a higher level. I'm not going into the details. You guys can like figure out where you are on that, that if you are. But I would challenge you to say, find the middle ground. Like if someone is in a position or have a perspective, ask them questions to maybe either understand where you are or understand where they are by listening. And that's the quickie for today, ladies and gentlemen boys and girls and others. So you may have heard the guy's voice doing a quickie. We're brought back to the podcast, Brian. Yo, yo. He's too chill and too calm right now. We just got back from happy hour. <laughs> Can't help but feel this way. Not gonna lie. It was a legit happy hour, and I may have had one or two or three or four or five different ro- uh, froses. All right, so things may get a little honest right now. Hey, that's the point of the podcast, right? Yes, to be honest. All right, guys. So, again, dividends, no chases. We covered dividends before in the podcast. We have, right? You guys get that. We talked about Stockstone for life. We're not going to dive into none of that information. But I will cover three topics in a bit. But think about this. So think about like, after looking at my horrible and probably everyone else's stock portfolio (laughs) at the moment, you know, transition to like my new confliction, that's my word, um, with the balance to like save money versus starting to build my real estate portfolio versus traveling and seeing the world. You know, I, I'm not going to lie. I have struggled in the past few months with all three of them trying to achieve savings build a real estate portfolio and see the world at the same time and it's a major conflict right because you know you kind of sort of can't do them all at the same time if you want to be successful or great at either one so i do want to chat about some of that and i'll start with dividends my dividend portfolio you know guys know i love dividends right it's free money um, I can tell you this, uh, dividends increase sometimes and you get payouts. Um, so if your stock increases, you also can have that as an additional value, new price, new price point. So you have 
higher uh, return on your stock, plus you get dividends at the same time. Um, but there are times where your stock can decrease, and mm -hmm. we're all feeling that at the moment, especially in the tech sector. Of it's happened a lot, um, mostly, especially with like the top, you know, 500 companies in the U.S. You think, well, they will be doing pretty well, but some kind of sort of are not, and that's very interesting. These companies are still making billions of dollars, but yet they're not ma making or hitting the analyst projections. Mm -hmm. But you're still bringing in billions of dollars. I think we kind of get into this cycle in the United States or globally where, what have you done for me lately? But I'm still achieving. For example, if I made $20 billion this year, but the following quarter I make, you know, 19.5, I'm still bringing in money because I didn't exceed the previous quarter or the previous year over date, then now it's viewed as a negative situation. I mean, I, I feel like sometimes we go a little too far with some of the data points and it's a little unnecessary. The company is still profitable. Companies are still making money. You know, I, I just find it to be a little bit of a, what have you done for me lately type of stock market. And I don't necessarily think it makes sense in that regard. It's, it can't always be growth quarter over quarter, year over year. I think it has to be a period we understand the company is doing really well. And they're develop, developing products and services that people really want and they're making money. And it should be fine enough for the investors. Um, that's my soapbox. <laughs> so I do want to explain a little bit about my current um, plan-ish that I'm using for my dividends. I mean, originally I started off with reinvesting my dividend payouts into buying additional stocks, yeah. uh, which is usually a very acceptable type of um method that most people use uh, but i can say i will evaluate this and i have a little bit and i'll talk about that a little bit more in a second um but at one point i was really big on my um ticker symbol in ly it's a um a real a, a pretty much is a, a real estate management company they pay pretty high dividend yields it's a legit remember, company you about that. and i love them joints right yeah. i was on my way to trying to get 500 shares that was my limit. I kind of like all the calculations. I said, if I hit 500 shares, I can probably bring in about $500 in dividend return per year. A little over, about $500 per year. Sure. That's like free money, right? Yeah. And so I, I was on my way to doing that. Um, but then the company did a reverse stock split. So granted, I've always seen the other side sure. of a stock split, meaning I get, if I have one share and they do a one for 20, a one for four, then I would get four shares for one for four, if it's one for 20, I would get 20 shares for that one stock. This one did a reverse stock. So it just consolidated. So it consolidated the stocks, right? So if I had like a hundred and, I think I had like 130 plus shares, it moved all the way down to 32 shares because it's a one to four reverse or four to one reverse, I should say it that way. The value of the stock stayed the same, but I had less shares. Right. I had like, again, I had a 130 that, that reduced down to 32. Um, but what happened, the dividends increased from 12% to 20%. So that was a good trade-off. I was like, okay, I lost 130 shares down to 32, but I'm now getting more dividend return on those 32 shares. It kind of balanced out a little bit, but. Give or take 4%. 
give or take. I mean, it was like tiny. Yeah. But I was actually bringing home more per quarter. Yeah. And I loved it, right? So if you guys see that out there, if you're exposed to like a reverse stock split, don't 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 freak out too much, especially if you, if it's a dividend uh, stock. But it was a little bit of like what's happening here. This company's doing bad, but it, they didn't, right? And so. With that news, I decided to continue and execute my plan. So instead of the 500 shares, I decided to do the same thing, maybe pull it down to maybe 100 shares to still yield the same results. Um, as we know, with, with dividend stocks in general, you know, it's it's not free money. It's just you got to pay taxes if you decide to cash out on any capital gains applied to that situation. Um, you know how I feel about the word passive income, <laughs> but it's passive gains, air quote. Um, but I would say you can make them tax-free in two situations. If you make less than a certain dollar amount per year, you know, you, you have a little bit of tax protections there. Or if you buy your stock, your dividend stocks within a Roth IRA. But of course, to be eligible to contribute to a Roth IRA, you have to also not exceed a certain annual income amount right so keeping those two factors in mind it can definitely be applicable for you guys um have you opened that roth yet i have not because i don't qualify unfortunately oh, yeah. that's the sad part um so i have to do it on my own or go through a non-froth approach an ira there's that loophole that we talked about earlier. That only applies if you make below a certain amount. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I would say that's definitely doable. You guys could yep. research, you know, on your own on that. I'm not producing any financial, mm, a lot of financial of consultant here, but, you know, there's options out there for you guys if you need to. Some other points to consider, to be honest with you guys, in my opinion, for a successful dividend portfolio, um, you would need to have several thousands of dollars or hundreds of thousand dollars if you plan to use that money to live off of. I'm not trying to do that. I'm just trying to have some money in return for this reason. On Robinhood, they have two really good features that I like a lot. And I'm sure there's other um, brokerage you know, apps out there that can really help you guys, especially if those areas that mean, you know, if you really don't like that a company because you feel like it's too volatile for you, there are other options out there. But one thing I like about Robinhood is they provide a interest return on your regular account, right? So instead of taking that money, now I decided to reinvest that money or to store that money as a savings in this, uh, I think it's like a debit account that's with Robinhood. I, I don't recall actually the percentage right now, but it's a percentage that I get every quarter, right? So that dividend money I get every quarter goes into this savings account and I make interest on that money. Couple that with Robinhood has this plan where you can lend your current stock out to folks and they'll give you a little bit of return on the, those uh, shares that you lend out to people. So I'm bringing in fractions of actual free money that's just sitting in this account and it keeps growing and I love it. Yeah. And so I'm saying all this for a reason. Now I get to that in a moment. I know for a fact, I shouldn't say for a fact. 
there is a strong suggestion that we are in a global recession right now. The U.S. isn't necessarily in it at the moment, but all indications suggest we are moving in that direction pretty soon. Look at all the currency rates. All the currency rates. Oh, yes. Euro. Yes. To USD. The pound. Yen to... Right. All that. It's a lot going on. The recession is headed. And I'm not saying we need to panic or freak out, but we have to be aware of it. We have to make plans for it. I'm thinking next year it's coming. And so that may be layoffs or whatever the case is. So remember earlier I mentioned I still want to travel and save and build a real estate portfolio. But now I'm thinking I have to be mindful that this is coming. I have to be a little bit more conservative sure. on my spending, right? And so what like what do you do currently if you not necessarily recession in general, but I say in two questions, I guess. Dividends or your stock portfolio or in a pending recession, how would you prepare? I mean, in a perfect world, like right now, if I've neglected my, you know, my portfolio, because I'm just completely transparent, you know, I've been living life, so. Living life. And, uh, You've been doing a third part. Yeah, yeah, within the, with the recession looming, um, you know, if it were me, you know, I'd be like, I'd say now, because the recession is when people, people get rich. This is true. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's, you take, you, you just, taking up with real estate, you know, just loading up on different stock options or whatever it may be, you know, the opportunity is there to eat when, as soon as the, you know, everything picks up, which it'll eventually pick up. Exactly. Um, that being said, you know, in the perfect world where I am being financially responsible, you know, I definitely, you know, save up now. I mean, look, everybody, you know, anytime anybody sees like, it's about recessions. Oh yeah, I gotta have liquid cash. I gotta have yeah. liquid cash. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you have enough investments, you can always withdraw. You know what I'm saying? Like, worst comes to worst, but it's a good opportunity to, you know, take advantage of these hard times. It's like, what's that Warren Buffett quote? Right? It's like, be fear. Don't be. Be don't be fearful when like you know something. something along oh yeah, line. it's, it's, it's like, you fear. Don't fear when a market is going up or something about the market going up, but you are. Yeah, be I, greedy or something like that. Like, right, something along those lines. I mean, I could pull it up right now. It would take two seconds, but right, so at the perfect time to buy stocks, I agree. And I, I thank you guys who are here in the live session. By the way, appreciate you guys joining to the live session. Um, I'm definitely with you in terms of this is opportunity. For example, I did buy Google stock right before the split, the mm -hmm. one to twenty split. It kind of tanked a little bit. <laughs> I mean, I told you about this. Yes, but now. It's at 82 bucks per share from $2,000 a share to 82. This is obviously yes. the split matters there. This is the opportunity to buy. 100%. Yeah. Do I think the stock market is going to continue to tank? No, we kind of saw the near-ish. Well, that's that's not necessarily fair because I think the recession is coming. It may take a little bit more. I would say maybe we want to be a little bit more patient now in the next few months to watch, especially after the, the U.S. Uh, midterm election elections. I think that's the time to like watch the markets a little bit to see how people may freak out whether they're, you know, candidates got in office or not. Isn't it's natural for people to sell off right right before like it is. midterms and elections. It is natural for people to sell off before midterms. It's also natural for people to 
sell off maybe afterwards because it's like again yep. it's fear it's emotion driven yeah, it's emotion driven it's not even data specific it's all emotional right yeah. so i would say to wait do not do much right now but this is the opportunity to buy when in a recession i definitely remember buying tesla stock in 2019 when it was dirt dirt cheap yep. and no one was buying it not no one but people weren't buying it like they are like now and it was a, an amazing investment i mean it's to be honest with you it is actually keeping my portfolio afloat <laughs> um i can also say because yeah, you know i love evs in general but with only like two percent of the global cars or evs that's a lot of growth and potential for the future. So yeah, we may be in a hard time right now, but it's coming. And so to Brian's point, I think it's important that we we buy when it's really down. And do me this favor, guys. Do not touch your retirement portfolio. Do not touch anything about your retirement plans. 401k, 403b, whatever plan you have out there, leave it alone. It's, it's going to regain its strength. This happened in 2008. I remember vividly folks were panicking and trying to move their money around in 2008. And though I did at that time move my money into more of a safe fund, I didn't have as much loss as many others because I was like paying attention. I was like, well, this is happening. Let me put this in a safe fund now. And after it was over, I moved my money back into a different one. So I didn't lose as much as others, yeah. but we all made all that money back and then some. It's all a cycle. It's going to continue to grind and grow. Um, it may just take a little longer. And so there are like, I want to see if Brian agrees with this. Many talk about like, this is, you know, just, this recession is coming. And, and there's, a, again, a lot of evidence to show globally that it is already there. And I know the interest rates in the U.S. is going up, but to be honest with you, it's kind of helping us. It has helped us stay somewhat out of the recession as long as we have. But I think it's inevitable. We probably can't avoid it, to be honest with you. Um, it is what it is. And so there are what many say, these are the three things you should do. Invest in cryptocurrencies because they're kind of safe. Relative. Relatively, Bitcoin. <laughs> um, invest in real estate. They're kind of safe. Yeah, perhaps. Guess. Yeah, perhaps. Because some will not. Um, and invest in private equities. That's private companies. To be honest with you, I agree with all three. I mean... Yeah, you need a diverse portfolio. Like you need a diverse portfolio. And so maybe the stocks and shares, especially the tech sector, is not doing as well right now. Cryptocurrencies are, you know for the most part, are relatively flat, and then it's okay. You can invest your money there for a little while. There's a potential for growth in the future once we get out of the recession, hopefully. Real estate, look, when the market tanks, renters are always needed. They need homes, they need somewhere to stay. You have rental properties, you are okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm in the real estate development, property management like industry and it's ridiculous you know it's like what once was you know during covid where you know they were giving a whole, a whole lot of commissions or like concessions just to kind of bring these uh tenants in to rent out now they're like nah 
Yeah, fuck that. We, we're gonna bump that up. I mean, I've, I've even seen with some of the rents are more, gonna, more than mortgages now. Yeah, oh, no, I mean, it's like they don't even care because they know that this market, this rent market, it's, and it's usually, you know, during the times of recessions or, yeah. you know, it's, it's usually, if you had mentioned, it's uh, usually the renting market, it is hot. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, obviously, the, does it ever necessarily ever die? You know, it's like, but this is, it's very, Right now. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't necessarily die, but I'm not gonna lie. There, there should be some. That we need a little bit more control regulations, I would say, on the level of inf amount of increase per year. Like, it needs to be controlled a little bit more, and that can be controlled at the local government level, where they could put some type of moratorium, moratorium on like increases. Well, they do that for low-income uh, apartments, which this is true. They do, uh, but you know, with those people, those, some of those DC tenants who have the money to spend, like you know, even with like some of my uh, development projects, like they have a percentage strictly for those low low-income, uh, you know, DC residents, um, which you know, prices are re reasonable. I'm like some of these, like some of these, like projects that I work on. It's like some nice places, man. It's like they're paying like. Fourteen, fifteen hundred dollars to live in like amazing downtown DC. But to be honest with you, we need programs like that. And, no, absolutely. It's like completely like you know DC's you know gentrification and like it's completely diluting like outsiders to come just take over. It's like right. it's a good exactly. way to kind of retain some of the like the locals to. And on the flip side of that, you you know I won't say it. And I'm not trying to be. This is statement is not like in a negative way. But you have service workers, right? Yep. The service industry. Those individuals need a place to stay as well. And they shouldn't have to sacrifice the quality of life and living because they can't afford to live in a certain neighborhood. Or just like location or like just travel. Like travel. Travel. Just like, right. just like, come on. It's like, exactly. You want me to commute two hours to come and serve you in a restaurant and you want me to leave afterwards? Yeah. No. I should be able to live in the same community in which I work as well. 100%. I mean, a lot of these people are like, who live there? Life, right? exactly so i support it right and so um these three areas i definitely agree with and you know i'm all for having programs to help and mm -hmm. it's never like a one solution out there there's like a, a multi-pronged approach to it all and i think we need to continue to have that sure yeah 100%. Um, but but guys what do you do right now um are you even considering the up the recession pending or are you not even like thinking about it i think really if you have not this is the opportunity to step take a step back maybe not tonight with the drinking or tomorrow or whatever whenever time you listen to the podcast but really take an account of your finances and your expenditures and you know set up a little plan for yourself I, again i have many episodes that talk about different specific plans but if not find a financial advisor who can help you along the way, a professional fiduciary expert who can help you along the way. But I'm not, to, again, out to scare anyone. I'm just hoping that we are preparing ourselves for what inevitably is coming down the line. And let's be real, right? Like this is the first time as an adult that I will be facing a recession, right? The last time it was a recession, I was like, middle school going to high school so it's like not really impact me impacting me in a way that i it would be you know transparent in a way that i knew what was just i knew what i was going on or 
I had, you know, dude, I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I had an allowance, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, <laughs> now I'm getting like paychecks and I'm, right. I have a mortgage. So it's like, all right, let's, I gotta, you know, definitely pay attention to this a little bit more. Exactly. Than, and maybe that's what I'm doing here. Maybe that's what it is. At the end of it, I'm just trying to make sure everybody's aware and that we have some kind of plan in place to, um, you know, stave off as much pain, maybe as much as possible. Look, man, everybody's different, you know, Everybody works in a different industry. Some True. people are more prone to others in terms of layoffs. Some people are a little bit more safe. So, you know, obviously everybody's situation is a little different. So, like, you just got to be able to kind of assess and just be ready. You know, whether, you know, some people who do have, are very fortunate to, aren't going to face a layoff. Like, look, cake up, buy a rent <laughs> home, you know what I'm saying? Buy some real estate, buy more stocks. Right. And, you know, and for those who, you know, don't have that, you know, Luxury, I mean, you know, there's always, there's always some, let's be honest, and which is kind of, you know, it's just the world we live in. Um, save, save as much as you can, you know, and don't, you, don't go to happy hour on Friday. Don't, well, right. Don't go to brunch. Yeah. <laughs> but if you do want to save seriously, um, and you're thinking about in the stock market, I will always champion buying dividend stocks. They're not necessarily always the highest. They always return some type of yield, even if you want to give someone a gift, you know, for Christmas or their birthdays, right? Your, your son, your daughter, your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, your loved one, your partner, whatever the case is, you can gift them a stock um, that have dividend yields. That's a gift that keeps giving. And we can do that every year. Yeah. It will pay off in the long run. All right, guys. So that's that's the episode for today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Dividends, no chasers, right? Just straight vodka on the rocks. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Straight dividends. Um, if you guys have any questions or you know comments or you disagree or agree, you know, let me know. Um, but thanks for joining. No pants required. There we go. Thanks for having me again. Always. Again, no pants required can be found on Google Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite podcast. Peace. Mm-hmm.